Welcome to Foster Career Chats with team members of the Foster Career Services team. Hi everyone, Jack here. I'm with an alumni member of the MSIS program. Uh, his name is Leon and he was a student who I worked with here at Foster Career Services. He now works at Nordstrom and I'm really excited to have him on this podcast today so that he can kind of share about his background in going from the master's program to finding a job and also giving insight as to what his job at Nordstrom has been like. So Leon, welcome to our podcast. All right. Thanks, Jack. I'm uh, very excited to be here. So to just get things started, how are you doing these days? I'm doing okay, you know, adjusting to the whole, you know, work from home situation, although it's almost been a year now, just, you know, shifting from, you know, a lot of outdoor activities to indoor activities with close friends and family. So despite COVID, do you have any kind of highlights from the summer? I, I didn't really do a lot of stuff, I guess. I did well, got into hiking. I, I usually don't do a lot of the uh, outdoor activities, you know, in the mountains. But um, now I feel like it is a, it is a somewhat relatively safe, uh, you know, activity because you don't meet a lot of people and you're, you know, you're with yourself, you know, in the mountains, in the, in the nature. All right. Let's go into the questions that I have for you. I gave the students who are listening a little bit about your background, but could you share in your own words what your, your background is? Like you mentioned, I graduated from the uh, MSIS program in uh, May 2019. And uh, before coming to Foster, I did my undergrad at George Washington University. I majored there uh, in business administration with a uh, finance and uh, information system focus. I also did a minor there in computer science. So this is basically my educational background. And currently I am working as a business intelligence analyst at Nordstrom. So I personally work in the internal audit department in Nordstrom. So as a business intelligence analyst in that department, I mostly work on you know, doing reporting uh, to our management team, to create dashboard and help them gain an understanding of you know our uh, all the audit programs progress and uh, how all our auditors are using their time and uh, besides that I, I also do some uh, automation work to try to you know save time for all the auditors say you know if an auditor feel like you know they're re- repeating the same task every month or a week, there's a potential opportunity for us to automate that process to, you know, to save everybody some time. So that, that this kind of task also falls under uh, the BI analyst. When you say auditor, what kind of auditing is this team doing? Yes. So I am uh, mostly interacting with the uh, SOX IT auditing team. Basically, it's a uh, Serban Oxalate uh, related uh, auditing. The IT team focused on looking at our um, internal systems to see you know, if there are potential uh, risk of fraud, maybe, uh, you know, for example, people having inappropriate access uh, to our financial systems. So we test, on, uh, we test on the control we have on those systems to make sure we mitigate, address those risks. And I'm guessing uh, a question on a lot of our students' minds could be, so how did you land this job? It was, it was quite random, honestly. I, uh, 
I actually heard this uh, job position through our, one of our uh, career coach, I believe it was uh, Natalie at the time. And uh, I think she forwarded me this, I mean, she forwarded everybody this, uh, this opportunity and then I just applied. After that, I went through the interview process and just, I think I, I did a somewhat decent job and then they just offered me to stay on as the, uh, at, like get on as the, uh, the uh, SOX IT temp worker. And after that, I did had a uh, transition to the full-time position. I think that will be another story. If you're, if you're interested, I can go into that too. Yeah, I'd love to hear that. Yeah, so um, at the time, I was mainly working as a uh, uh, like temp, like contracting auditor in the internal audit department. At the time, I was being very, uh, very open and honest about what I wanted because uh, I wanted I wanted to be a full-time employee in the department because of, you know, the stability and the uh, potential of, you know, career events. And um, so I was very open about that with my manager. And I, wa- I always ask the leadership, like, how I can get there. So I think that is one of the very important aspects uh, that helped me, you know, got the job because I was very clear about what I want to be. And I asked for directions of, you know, how I can get there. Yeah. So at the time, my manager gave me some suggestions, you know, you might want to look into, you know, these uh, different, you know, skills, because, you know, that is required for uh, this position. And also you wanted to uh, try to do some of the uh, automation works to kind of showcase what you, you know, your ideas and your capabilities. And that is exactly what I did. And I think that my work really kind of uh, like speak for myself and help them to, you know, to have an, at least have a reason to, to kind of consider me to, to, convert, to consider converting me to a full-time employee. And, and so how long were you a contractor for? So it was, it was, yeah, it was quite uh, messy because I had some, uh, bad experience with the uh, OPT issue since I'm an international student. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my I was uh, applying for the OPT work authorization and it didn't actually got canceled uh, by accident. Oh no. For some reason. Yes. I had to reach out to the to the to the government, to USCIS to to have that sorted out. And that took a long while. So I started with Nordstrom back in May 2019. And then soon after that, I, uh, we graduated. I was not working, I think, until October. So I was, I got back from, uh, I bought, got back in October. And then uh, at, uh, I believe, January this year, uh, around that time frame, I was converted to a full-time employee. So, yeah, I, I want to talk to you more about that time when you're a contractor. But going back a little bit to that interview process, you know, obviously without sharing any confidential information about what goes on during the interview, could you share a little bit of what you did during the interview process that, that makes you think that that's the reason why you got hired onto Nordstrom? I think, uh, so definitely, you know, uh, we, we always look for, you know, uh, people with relevant skill and uh, background. But I think what, uh, what I did right was present myself in a very positive way because at internal audit we deal with just like a lot of the consulting firms 
we deal with a lot of stakeholders outside your team. And patient uh, is a big part of, you know, uh, of any potential, like when we look at any potential candidates. Uh, we want to make sure uh, we have a person that is uh, good with other people and not to not overly aggressive or overly, you know, casual when talking to people. I think just besides your, you know, uh, necessary skills, being able to present yourself uh, is, a, is, a, is a key to, to the success. I'm glad you mentioned that because trying to be positive, being able to tell good stories, that's something that we try to stress to our students. But during that interview process, uh, a process like how did you show that positivity? Yeah, um, I think mostly it's just, you know, have appropriate posture and facial expression, but also, you know, make sure people know that, you know, you're listening to them, to what they're saying. We're, we're actually recently interviewing a lot of uh, candidates for, you know, for the uh, SOX IT 10 position. Again, sometimes we see some, you know, very qualified candidates, you know, acting either way too nervous or, you know, too overly energetic. That's, you know, that is just a little bit off-putting. It's understandable, but, you know, if there are some kind of can some, some candidate that are being, you know, very professional and relaxed and they can start a conversation with you, and think, I think that is a big plus. In our coaching appointments that you had with me, I always found you to be very positive and someone that was easy to have a conversation with. And so do you have any tips? How do you get comfortable? How do you have these conversations without being so rigid or uptight? I think a good way is to, you know, if it's, if it's hard for, you know, anybody to, to get into conversation, just try to learn how to follow along. Right. Um, at least here, you know, at Nordstrom, when we're interviewing people, we're, we're trying to be relaxed, trying to, you know, make people relax. So we might throw out some, you know, chit chats about the weather or stuff, you know, having like just being able to respond to that and have a, you know, just a normal conversation. It's key. So if, you know, if language is a problem, I would suggest just, you know, just, uh, Go online and uh, look at some, like, like listen to some, some people, like some maybe TEDx TED Talk videos to see if you can like grasp basic conversation skills, I guess. It is really not a very harsh requirement. You just need to show people that you're listening. And a lot of the times we feel like when, like nowadays when we're interviewing people is that they come in with, you know, a lot of prepared questions to us, but when we answer them, it seems like they don't, they didn't really process. And sometimes that's off-putting. When we're having conversation, when I answer your question, I'm, if, if, if it's uh, like a complex, complex question, I'm expecting you to come back and just at least tell me that, oh, that makes sense. Or um, if you have any additional questions, but, uh, you know, sometimes we do see a lot of people just jump from uh, question to questions. Uh, it seems like they're just finishing stuff off their list. Something to look for, I think. We can sometimes train students to have those lists of questions, but they're so focused on asking all those questions that they forget to listen. And it, it's okay if you don't ask all your questions on your list. It's more important to, to get to know that other person that you're talking with. Exactly. And like... 
being able to engage other people when you're asking them questions really shows that you're not just asking this, these questions because I asked you to ask me. Like right. you really care about these questions and you, there's something you want to know. I think that's very important. So that's good stuff, Leon. Uh, I do want to ask you, you know, one thing about you is that you went pretty much straight from undergrad into your master's program. And we actually have a decent amount of specialized master's students who've done that this year. And so I, I think it could feel pretty daunting if you're like, hey, I don't have any work experience, but then I have to go out and find a job. So can you explain to us, how were you able to get past that? Like what were some things that you did or some things you listed on your resume or mentioned in your interview so that even if you didn't have an extensive work experience, they were still able to hire you? I think, okay, I think this is a very good question. Personally, I feel like my resume helped me a lot because I was able to highlight some of the key points my employer really care about uh, when I was applying the job. Back when I was applying it, it was a site like SOX IT audit temp position. And we know that uh, it requires some of the technical skill because it's, you know, IT related audit. But during my contact with the, uh, with the hiring manager, it really seems that re- they care about having good communication skill, like good people skills. So point, I just feel like my resume really helped me by, you know, when I actually it just like a very general advice to make sure to modify your resume to the position that you're applying. And I think, Jack, you helped me a lot there by, you know, just to, you know, dive deep into like each of your uh, all your past experience and try to figure out, you know, if there's any relevancy with, uh, with the potential position you have. And um, I think that really helps just, you know, just to highlight what, what is like what you have with, uh, you know, with respect to the job that you're applying. And in this case is my, uh, I did highlight that in the past, I work in like uh, commercial banks and investment banks that uh, I had some, uh, I had to deal with customers and I had to deal with our internal partners. I think that is a key point that they're looking for. And I, it's very fortunate that I had it on there. Now these were internship positions, right? They weren't like full-time positions. Exactly, exactly. I think another common uh, problem a lot of people have is, you know, thinking, and I also have that problem is that to think, oh, I don't have any relevant experience to this. When I was applying for this auditing job, I just tell me, I'm not an auditor. I'm not even an accountant. I don't, I never studied accounting. How, like, how would I get this job? But there really is a lot of hidden treasure in your past experience, no matter what you did. You can always find out there are some sort of realities in there. I think a good practice is to, visit the uh, career center. Jack, you helped me a lot to go through some of my uh, past, you know, internship experience and really help, like, help me highlight some of the stuff I didn't even notice. So having a first set of eyes and ears, I think it's a good way to kind of really explore uh, what you, what you potentially did. (laughs) To listeners out there, I I promise that I didn't pay Leon to say that. (laughs) But, you know, you bring up that sense of imposter syndrome, right, where I think a lot of students could feel that, which is you go into a situation and if you don't have a lot of experience in that, you could feel like an imposter. 
like you don't belong there, right? Mm-hmm. So I imagine even after you got that job, there might have been a part of you that's wondering, oh man, I've never been in auditing before. Like, how can I do this? And so how did you get through that period as a contractor in gaining that confidence? I think I got through that quite easily because of the very healthy environment, work environment we have at Nordstrom. So every team member is like super proactive in, you know, guiding you through the process you need to and like helping you to jump through all the, all the, all the hoops. I would say, you know, to guess there's, there's really isn't any easy way to go through this process. You really just need to learn. And uh, by learning, just be a, be a smart learner. Don't just, you know, sit at your desk, do your own research, try to reach out to people. There are a lot of, you know, there are always a lot of resource in the team. There are always, you know, some kind of, you know, uh, website that you don't know of that you, uh, that is very helpful. Just make sure you always, you're always communicating with, you know, your partners, your, uh, your, your, your managers to update, the, update them your process and like your progress. Ask for advice of how you will approach the, you know, the problem you're trying to solve. I want to ask you, do you have any kind of final tips and advice for our students as they go through the job searching period? I think just pretty general advice. Just don't be too, don't be too narrowly focused on something. I feel like, especially at this climate, it is it is a bit tough for everybody to find employment. And um, what sometimes what I see um, is, you know, this person, let's say, is very interested in um, doing, let's say, program management. And he or she will sometimes just only focus on getting those jobs. But you know, the reality is, as a new grad, it is hard for you to get. Uh, get into such a position without any experience. So sometimes I think it may be beneficial to take a step back and see what you're able to achieve uh, like in a short period of time and how you can build up to achieve, you know, your end goal there. And um, I also did talk to some of our candidates um, during our recent interview. And one of the concern they have is that, you know, this is a contracting position. Is there any possibility to convert to full-time? And um, how long is this you know, position gonna last? So a lot of people are, because of those concerns, a lot of people are ruling out any contracting opportunities. I think that is, it is okay to try to find a, you know, a full-time employment. It's definitely a good idea <clears throat> because it's more stable. But uh, just don't miss out on those uh, contracting opportunities because you're really trying to build yourself up. And there are a lot of very good opportunities with all these, you know, amazing companies like Amazon and Microsoft. And, you know, your next, you're, you're always trying to find your next job and your next employer really does not uh, like, correct me if I'm wrong there, Jack, but um, they really do not care if you're a contractor or a full-time employee at your previous job. They only care about like what you worked on and what, what experience you can bring to the, to their team. So it is really is not a bad idea to, you know, find a contracting job at Microsoft because I see a lot of great example of, you know, my classmates 
coming like switching from a contracting role at Microsoft to like a full-time role in Amazon because of the you know the experience and knowledge they they gain from their contracting position. You spoke on it pretty nicely there where you know there's pros and cons to contracting definitely that sent that lack of stability of you know, will this convert to a full-time and weigh on you? And like you, I started my first position at Google as a contractor. And while you're a contractor, that's always hanging over your head. But I went to Google because it was a hot company and I felt like there would be a lot of opportunities. And I'm sure the same was true with you and Nordstrom. And lucky for both of us, we were uh, able to become full-timers. Well, Leon, it's been a pleasure talking with you. Thanks so much for doing this. So everyone, it is Leon Yao who is talking with me today and hope you reach out to him if you get a chance because he is a great alumni to talk to. All right. Thanks for having me, Jack. All right. Take care, Leon.